Hello and welcome to episode 218 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. The Qatar Sussex Stakes, that's the feature Group 1 race on Wednesday at Glorious Goodwood. Aidan O'Brien joins us once again to tell us all about probably the best three-year-old colt we've seen this season, Paddington. The Group 3 in Morecambe Stakes and the Oak Tree Stakes, they also feature on the second day of the Goodwood Festival. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale, he previews all of Wednesday's glorious Goodwood action, including some unique whirlpool bets. So Bill joins us to have a look at Wednesday's glorious Goodwood race card. Of course, we record these you know, very much in advance to give you the opportunity to hopefully get some decent prices on the selections or horses that you think might have a good chance. So we record this on Monday afternoon, not having seen a day's racing at Goodwood as yet. But uh, you're telling me it's raining on Monday at Goodwood. So by the time we get to Wednesday, it's sure to be soft ground, isn't it? I mean, there might be a little bit of good to soften in there. But we've got to go on the fact that it's probably going to be pretty soft by the time we get to Wednesday. I think there's more rain coming, isn't there, Bill? Yeah, I mean, the, we're recording this, as you say, on Monday, and it's well, they're calling it good to soft, soft in places. They've had um, up to five mils again since then, 4.6 mils at the time of recording. So uh, the weather is okay tomorrow. It's kind of uh, overcast, the sun breaking through, supposedly, with no rain till potentially post-racing. Um, but then the wind and rain returns on Wednesday. So, look, I, I think it may dry out a tiny bit on Tuesday, but then the rain comes again. So look, it's going to be hard work. There's definitely enough soft bits, particularly on the, on, on the kind of longer distance races. The straight seems to be fairly um, all right. I mean, if the going sticks are to be believed, but it's um, it's kind of good to soft. They're calling that, but definitely for the staying races, it'll take some getting. And um, yeah, when the rain, depending on what rain we get, obviously on um, Wednesday, um, well, Tuesday night into Wednesday, you know, it could, it could be pretty hard work. Yeah. At Whirlpool, they operate on the second day of Glorious Goodwood, on the Wednesday as well. So that gives us options of the swinger bets and the quinellas, the, you know, the reverse forecast, as uh, we used to call it over, over here, uh, and, and big pools as well, because obviously betting across the globe and Whirlpool showing the races across the globe as well. Yeah, all seven on Wednesday are, are being streamed around the world and um, big chunks of liquidity being pumped into the Whirlpool markets uh, from from all over. There's a you know the team over from Hong Kong actually filming live on track. Uh, I met Simon, the Hong Kong commentator, is going to be commentating in Cantonese live from the track. Uh-huh. Um, so it, it's pretty good for the global appeal of of our product, um, yeah. as in British racing. And uh, yeah, look, seven competitive races at Goodwood and. Um, you know, everyone sold uh, him the the glory of Goodwood and the sunshine and <laughs> Pims and the Caribbean band in the background. He's going to be in the howling wind and rain with kind of trying to call some of these competitive handicaps and then covered in mud and, and uh, running through a sea fret. So you wouldn't fancy doing that at Goodwood on Wednesday, but uh, we'll try and find some winners anyway. With the coronation chicken sandwich that's been hanging around for 24 hours. There you go, mate. Enjoy. <laughs> Welcome to Gloria's Goodwood. Uh, great stuff. So we look forward to to all of that, and it does certainly boost the, the the pools. You can bet through the tote and through other operators as well online. 
So you don't have to go anywhere to do that if you want to uh, hear Bill's opinion and uh, preview on the races. There were seven of them on Wednesday. The first four are on ITV. So the first race on ITV is at one fifty on Wednesday. It is a handicap over a mile and a half with 12 runners due to go to post. Amleto for William Haggis and Tom Marquand is going to be a popular son of sea, the stars who won up at Chester back in May. We haven't seen him for 84 days, so they've obviously been waiting for a decent race to go for. Westerton's in there for Alan King. He's got Ryan Moore on board, who's already ridden this horse to victory back in June at Sandown in the Maiden. Fox Journey goes for Sir Michael Stout with a sheen, riding for the King Power Stable. And Tagger Bowers in there for Charlie Appleby, William Buick and others as well. Looks a little bit of a tricky opener, Bill. Yeah, it is a tricky opener. And all eyes will be on Amleto. He's lightly raced and he's a horse who um, didn't really set the world alight with two runs on the all-weather back end of last year. And then they gelded him back in February. And he absolutely bolted up on the soft ground at Chester. Admittedly, that was a maiden. Um, but it was a hell, hell of a run, handle the soft ground. If the rain does get into the ground, that was over a mile, mile two and a half. Won the maiden like he should. And, you know, he's he's a warm order, but he's just that kind of sexy profile, the one that punters like, you know, Haggis and Marcond, slightly raised, well-bred. Um, the problem is it's just his price. You know, he was... All the fancy prices have, have, have kind of gone about him. He's uh, the nine to two is disappearing fast, and he's he's going to be nearer kind of seven to two. Um, look, he's 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 rock solid. Any rain won't bother him. He's definitely, you know, probably I said definitely, almost certainly better than his mark of eighty nine. It's his first run the handicap, uh, the three year old only handicap. Um, you know, he's there's lots that like him. He's got a nice middling draw. Um, you know, he'll 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 run his race. Um, it's just a value thing. Um, <clears throat> I do like Westerton, um, Alan King's runner for, for Ryan Moore. Stepping up in trip, um, it's very likeable. He's got a nice attitude, tries really hard, doesn't do things easily, but kind <laughs> of ran in the sheet rain at Newmarket last time on quick ground, but tried really hard, um, all on his own, isolated. Um, I previously won well at Sandown and just gone down on soft ground at Ascot. So the step up in trip and... Um, ease in the ground won't be a bother for him. He's he, he's one uh, definitely that I, I'd probably take at the prices. He's thirteen to two. I think he's the each way call here. Um, from a whirlpool perspective, I think you've got to put Amleto in your your exotics. Um, you've got to put Westerson in your your exotics. Um, and looking for one at potentially um, a bigger price. Um, it's hard, you know. Maybe alumnus. Um, a, a bit of a bit of a stretch there. It's just Franny Norton riding off a low weight for the Johnson team. Um, plenty of all weather form um, there, but we'll definitely stay and just <laughs> kind of Johnson horses seem to run so much better um, mm. when they hit Goodwood and uh, seem to handle the deep surface at Newcastle. So if the rain does come about, um, I'd probably prepare to chance him at a big price for the Quinellas, but. I think it involves the top two in the market. I think Westerton and, and um, Amleto are probably the two to focus on. And I'll go with Westerton on value grounds of 13 to 2. So Westerton in the opener. Following the opening race, we've got a couple of group threes to look forward to. Phillies and Mares in the 225 over seven furlong is the Oak Tree Stakes. Uh, big field lining up for this one. 
16 of them declared to go. Fast response is in there for Carl Burke and Clifford Lee, one of the Nick Bradley syndicates, having finished second at Chester over seven furlongs on soft going. I think that's probably the key uh, to the, the betting, certainly at this stage anyway. It's John Blee. This is the one with the L in it as well. Comes over from Ireland for Joseph O'Brien. Ryan Moore rides because it's owned by Doreen Tabor. He rides it whenever he can. Uh, second at the Curra and then ran fourth in the Duke of Cambridge behind Rug Millennium. Breeze is in there as well for John Quinn, Jason Hart. And the Dream of Love goes for Godolphin. And there are others. Uh, White Moonlight's another Godolphin. And that's Saeed Bin Saror with Asheen on board. And, of course, um, White Moonlight won at uh, Chelmsford on the 9th of July. That was a Philly Stakes. That was listed. And uh, seems a, a decent price at, at nine to one, maybe to get involved in this. How did you see the second then, Bill? I thought this was very trappy, actually. You've got um, a big field. You're going to get traditional kind of traffic problems, um, as you'd expect here, here at um, Goodwood. So, you know, you got to find one. You've got to find one that, that rides its luck, too. Um, Jumley was... Yeah, you know, fancied at the Royal meeting and didn't quite get the job done. Um, drops back in trip here uh, on, on softer ground. Um, you know, one over seven furlongs were trained by the Charltons um, back in 2021, but um, and, and was just touched off at Newbury um, back in 22. But you know, has been doing her stuff over a mile. Whether whether she's crying out for this drop to seven furlongs, I'm not so sure. Um, fast response is consistent. Um, some some nice second hole going at Chester last time on soft ground, so <laughs> ground should be no bother for fast response, and that's why she's up there towards the top of the market. So those two are, are, are kind of vying for favouritism uh, at the moment, Jumbly and and fast response. But you know, I'd probably look to try, particularly on the whirlpool reach, at some at bigger prices. Um, Matilda Picot is a horse of <laughs> I've always liked, um, ran really well. In the Guineas, behind um, Morge went third in the Guineas and um, probably found six furlongs on fast ground against her last time. But seven furlongs back on bad ground or softish ground, it's probably ideal for her. So she's just a bit of value. She would be my main kind of fancy in the race. You, you can get 10 to 1 about her in the marketplace. Um, and the other one is the good Olfin filly, Dream of Love, who William Buett rides. She hasn't really had her conditions of late. She ran well. Um, when we last saw her in action in the Sandroom at Ascot over a mile on fast ground. But her best of form comes with, with a bit of cut in the ground. And um, she was second, beaten a short head by Morge, uh, the Guineas winner over seven furlongs at Maydown back in January, um, and was effective before that in Newmarket on rain, soft and ground. So she, we know seven and seven furlongs and, and softest ground is her bag. And she just might take a big step forward. Um, we haven't seen her run since Ascot. I just... Felt that she was a a filly that was that that was gonna gonna take a big leap forward from from that run. Um, she carried top weight in in the Sandrium, so it's not it's not, it's not an easy task there um, for her. She had to give six pounds to the winner Coppice, and you know from from my perspective, it's a wide open race. I'll play Matilda Picot and Dream of Love both around the ten and eleven to one mark, um, and I'd probably probably throw them in a Quinella with fast response. And it's one of those ones where it's proper traffic problems. Close your eyes and hope <laughs> they get a run through. Yeah, you can imagine there's going to be some unlucky horses in that race there. Certainly with the big field and the, the young fillies there. Going to post in 2.25. We have another group three and it's the five furlong Malcolm Stakes. The sprint coming up 
just the eight runners going to post for this. It's open to Colts, Geldings and Phillies, but no Phillies are turning up in the, this year's edition. Killian goes uh, for Carl Burke and Ryan Moore. Ryan rode last time at Sandown when this horse hacked up, basically, beat hack man, actually. We went one by six lengths. He'd won earlier at Newcastle by four, and it has the official rating, went up from 90 to 105. So they, were, they put him straight into group company, as you would imagine. Now, Big Evs was a really good winner for our mate Mick Appleby at Royal Ascot. And I know this is a poignant story. Big Evs is a, a late friend of, of the owners. They named the horse after their friend that passed away. And, and Blue Point, the side, is having a terrific season with two-year-olds. And Big Evs won by three lengths in the Windsor Castle. There was certainly no messing about those two. As surely the ones to concentrate on in this. Clive Cox has got Chagran in there as well, who's won one of three so far. Uh, Barnwell Boy uh, has won, won actually at Goodwood on good going over six filling for Charlie Johnson. As we know, his horses always seem to do well at the track, as you said. But Killian, how impressive was that Sandown win? Yeah, very, very impressive, Killian. He, 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 um, he looks a really smart colt. Um, there was rain in the ground at Sandown and he, and he, Hacked up beating Hackman, appropriately named Hackman. Um, he had won that by six lengths, having previously won at Newcastle by four lengths. And look, he he's progressing from a stable that have really good bunch of two year olds. Um, Killian looks another one um, from the Carl Burke team. Um, it looks a bit of a shootout between him and Big Eves of of mix. Uh, I don't think either are crying out for really bad ground. Um, particularly Big Eves that's done both of his running on fastest surface. Um, he kind of scooted off the fast ground at Ascot last time in a really impressive style. This is a very different test on a very different track. He's probably fair better of the two when it comes to draws, I'd imagine. Again, you're guessing because you don't know what the ground's going to be like. But um, in those two old races, races, I quite like to be up against the stand side rail. Um, that's where Big Eves will be um, and um, Killian's going to have to do his running from down the centre of the track but as you said he does look pretty smart and I feel it it surrounds the pair of them um, you can make a loose case out for Chagrin you can make a case out for Bahia for the Hamlins who've won this in the past um, Bahia's a bit of a screwball he's been gelded um, before he ever raced which tells you all you need to know um, and um, he just he, he's he's um, <laughs> he was a drawn at Ascot when he got upset in the stalls, and then he got the job done well at Newbury over six. Look, if he can concentrate the job in hand, he can run really well and get involved. But I'd imagine the top two will have it between them. Um, I think the market's got it right. I think Killian will probably do big eaves on this ground, I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be a race to look forward to. But yeah, I, I would give my vote to Killian. Um, at the time of recording, he's around seven to four, fifteen to eight. Seems fair enough. Um, I think I'd probably be with him in the match. Yeah, definitely uh, go with Killian on that one. The way he won at Sandown, just so impressive. And Ryan's on board once again. Now three thirty-five. It's the big race of the day, the One Mile Qatar Sussex Stakes. It's the Group One part of the British Champion Series. Only six going to post. They've been scared away, really, by Paddington, who's in there for Aidan O'Brien and Ryan Moore. Before we hear from Bill on this, we will hear from Aidan himself. He took part in the Zoom press conference. We've already heard from him this week about Emily Dickinson 
and he talked about Paddington, had a quick word with him uh, about this horse, and he's just a standout. Normally, very often, I should say, at least, the Sussex Stakes is a duel on the downs. There's a couple in there that are taking each other on. But Paddington's going to be an odds-on favourite. And when I spoke to Aidan, uh, he, he talked about the horse dropping down in trip to a mile, having won the Eclipse at Sandown. Ryan always thought that he had a lot of pace, and it, it's never a problem um, uh, for him. Uh, he thinks um, uh, we were delighted with him at the Eclipse. Um, and uh, we always had this race uh, on his uh, programme, really. He won his first two start this year on soft ground so we weren't really sure about going to uh, the Curragh on fast ground and he handled it no problem at all and he was the same in Ascot um, he he's, looks very versatile really he's, he's very natural very quick horse uh, very straightforward uh, he's, he's, he's a little bit different we think and uh, the way he's progressing from run to run is very very unusual yeah he's just thriving I suppose from race to race he's, he's, he's uh, doing very well he's a uh, He's uh, put on weight from every run. He was have much heavier in the Eclipse than he was uh, in in Ascot. Uh, very unusual. He thrives on his work really. Has he surprised even yourself the way he's in- increased his performances throughout the season? Because, as you said, he's just been getting better with every run. Yeah, I think so. Because like it's it's abnormal improvement as coming. Um, we liked him a lot the first day he ran in 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 uh, Ascot as a two year old, and he ran very very ordinary he suffered from stage fright and just never got together but gave him a little bit of time he came back and won very impressive at the Curra after that and then we left him alone and then obviously we we had a lot of horses to start as three-year-olds and so we started him as low as we could in his lower race he could get in and that was a handicap he's physically done very well Adrian rides him out every day really happy and Andrew's in charge of him every day Seamus rides him in his work and every day Ryan rides him he's uh he, he loves him and uh mm. he always full of praise but it looks unusual that the amount of improvement is coming from run to run can i just ask you about his head carriage we yeah. saw in in the eclipse that sand on his head was was quite high and he seems to be looking away from the stands is that just him or is that unusual for such a good you know group one winning horse yeah i don't think yeah obviously every horse is different every human being is different we all carry ourselves different and that's the way he carries himself you know and that's um he's he's very uh the lads say to ride him and to ride him is very, he's very aggressive when you ask him to quicken he really gets hold of the bit and does quicken you know it's very unusual like I suppose he's um, everything he's doing is very different really but uh, listen he looks a very special horse look he's, he's unusual he's special he does things his own way I asked him about the head carriage that didn't seem to worry him too much he said every horse is different every person's different that's just the way he is and Paddington Bill is the standout three-year-old that we've basically seen this year. He's won over a mile and a quarter, won the Eclipse, beat Emily up, John. He wanted to run Ascot. He drops back to a mile. He's flexible. He's by Siouni, French sire. And, and he's taken on horses that what we've seen so far from him this season, he should be in Spool's in there. Aldar is in there. The French bring over Factor Cheval to uh, try and pick up some money. Chinde, I think, has been sold off to India uh, to become a sire over there when he finishes his career for the Hannans. And Sharon's in there as well for Roger Verin at the big price. But no duel on the downs this year. This is all about Paddington, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's gonna. It's hard to see him getting beat. I mean, we said you know, he's, he, he looks the pick of the three-year-olds, um, the miners around. 
it's a bit like St. Mark's Basilica, you know, but he um he's another vice uni. Was was very impressive at Sandown, having been more impressive at Ascot at the time before that over a mile. Drop back and trip will be fine. The rain won't be a bother. It was soft ground at the Curra um when he 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 won there back at May. Um it was even heavy in Nace when he made his reappearance. And the fact that that um Aiden brought him out on heavy ground first time out this season shows you that the ground will be no bother for him. Yeah. Um, but he's he's just he's straightforward. It's what price he should be, what price you prepare to back him at. And the problem is he's he's gonna be two to five, four to nine. Um, best price probably two's on. Um, you know, after say use the expression, if you've got the nine, you don't need the four. And that's probably the case uh with with this lad. There's there's enough reason to think. He might have a slightly harder challenge here than people might expect. Um, Goodwood is a very different track um, for a horse like him, and he's got this funny kind of head carriage. And if this turns out to be a tactical affair, um, his 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 attitude has has never been questioned. His running style just looks a bit strange, and um, Innsbruck is a real test to him and you know she's the older filly so from a weight perspective there's a four pounds between them rather than the seven that it would be with the colts and i thought she ran a cracker because in the market didn't really fancy her much and ask it she only just failed um to pick up triple time um over a mile um bits and pieces of her form she wouldn't want it to get too wet but if the ground wasn't too bad um i could see her lunging late at paddington and testing his resolve when I look at the prices and I see kind of four to nine and and nine to two, we didn't have a nine to two in sprawl. That for me is probably just an each way bet to nothing. I know it's only the two places, but they seem head and shoulders above the rest of these. Um, the French horse Factor Cheval is probably overpriced to twenties if there was a third put. But I thought Factor Cheval might be one to play on the world. Paul Cornellas and hope there's a bit of an upset, but. Um, I would probably, if I had to play in this race, I'd probably play Innsbruck each way at nine to two, um, and just to just to test the resolve and head carriage of Paddington. I thought nine to two was a fairish price, but look, it's a race to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they should probably be on on good to soft ground. They should probably be a bit closer together than they currently are. I, I'd probably f- feel more eight to thirteen, four to seven against seven to two rather than kind of four to nine, nine to two. So um, it's a, a race to look forward to. Paddington, the obvious one, but I think Innsbruck is the, probably the bet each way. And from a whirlpool perspective, um, I wouldn't be adverse. If the ground goes bad, I wouldn't be adverse to chucking factor Cheval in at 20s from a whirlpool perspective because he could easily kind of stick his head out and, and get a share of the play spoils. Okay, that's the 3.35 on Wednesday. The final three races are not on ITV. But you can bet into the Whirlpool markets for all three of them. Let's have a quick whiz through them then. The 4.10 is that Phillies condition stakes run over five furlongs. Now, I was working when Tropical Island won on her debut at Ripon. She looked very green early on. She was slow out the gate. She never looked like winning in the first, I don't know, three or four furlongs. But she really got the idea of it in the last two furlongs. And she went away to win by a couple of lengths. And that was... A good performance in the end. Trained by Richard Fai with Ashin Orr in the saddle. Tropical Island looked uh, pretty good on her debut when she figured out what was happening. Now, Floor of Bermuda, I thought was really unlucky at Beverly when finishing second. Didn't get any run at all 
under Shane Murphy on that occasion. And then at Ascot, came out there in Royal Ascot in the Queen Mary and was drawn on the wrong side. She won her group over there and was only beaten four and three quarter length. So you could say she's been a bit unlucky and she needs a bit of change of luck, but she does look interesting. Flora Bermuda, around about five to one. We've got Havana in there as well uh, for Carl Berger, we know does so well with his youngsters. And we've got it's indispensable for William Haggis in the Cheveley Park colours. Tropical Island then, Bill. She she won at Ripon, but Flora Bermuda needs a bit of luck and she might be better than we've seen her so far. Yeah, totally. I, I, I was lucky enough to be at the Baldings the Saturday before Royal Ascot, and um, I don't think she had the smoothest of preps for Ascot, so you can kind of upgrade that run. She's a filly I really like. Um, she made a debut at Goodwood, uh, sorry, at Sandown, and um, uh, she was she was a bit unlucky there, and and, and <laughs> needed and needed the gaps to open, but it was rain soft and ground. Um, I just got a feeling that she is pretty good on her day. She's by Dark Angel, so the rain. Shouldn't be a bother. Look, Tropical Island could be anything, but this is Goodwood. It's a difficult test. Um, if the weather forecast is to believe, it's going to be pouring rain and it's going to be windy at this point. So you need a bit of something about you and you need to be a bit more streetwise than maybe she will be. Yeah. So look, from a betting perspective, I think Flora Bermuda is the bet of five, six to one. I think she'll run really well for Oshie Murphy and Andrew Balding. She's, she's, you know, streetwise. And I think that's the key. And from a kind of Quinella perspective i'd probably throw in some of the more streetwise here dappling <laughs> richard hannon's um Philly's had loads of goes um this will be a seventh run of the season um she's been on every ground from firm through to rain softened ground last time but she was second in the super sprint um picked up some nice prize money last time um but she's run on soft before and she's pretty streetwise so she's a kind of the ideal horse to play from a quinella point of view and then the carl burt philly havana I'd probably play her too. But the main selection would be Flora Bermuda. I think she'll run really well. Yeah, she's run really well so far without winning. So maybe it Wednesday today, we wish you well with that selection. 4.45, we've got a Phillies handicap, 12 runners, mile and a quarter. Now, Decoration is in the Magnus Smith table and Westerberg colours. It's trained by Roger Varian and written by David Egan. Have they got any other horses with Roger Varian at all? I mean, Cornwall don't have any with him, do they? No, first one I've seen. That's absolutely uh, staggering. He's already run a, a few times. He's not been purchased from what I can find by anybody. They they had it as a youngster, and, and Roger's had it all the time. Anyway, he won at uh, Windsor, then he was second behind Zaga again at Windsor. We've got uh, beautifully named La Isla Mujeres. It's going to have a different name than that, isn't it? Uh, Rafe Beckett trains the daughter of Lope de Vega. Therapist is in there. We'll need a therapist after that horse has run. It's probably called something totally different. We'll find out. Queen Regent goes for Qatar Racing. The Gosdens with a sheen on board. I was a winner up at uh, Newcastle. And the King and Queen have got a, a run here. Value added. Richard Hughes. He's got a couple of horses for His Majesty, hasn't he? He's uh, managed to pick up a couple from the Buckingham Palace, and, uh, and the, the Philly value Addy was the winner last time out. That was at Wolverhampton, slightly different to Goodwood. But decoration in the the dark blue for Roger Varian. Pick that one out then, Bill. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a slight strange one. I mean, there's there's that Paul Smith connection with um, Kingston Hill with Roger Varian. So yeah. There is a kind of um, a, a slight link with the 
with a stable. But yeah, it's this is a, a, a really trappy Goodwood handicap where you've got a few towards the bottom that are well bred that haven't shown anything really, haven't shown their true colours today. So they slip in here off marks in the very low 80s, 81, 82, whatever, against the ones towards the top who've shown a bit more, who've got marks in the high 80s or 90s, um, and are potentially up against it if the the potentially progressive ones are as good as you think they could be. Um, that's a rather long-winded way of saying betting kind of hunting nightmare um, here. Um if it were to get really soft and the rain was to get into the ground, then, you know, I'd be prepared to stick with Rafe's La Isla Mujeres, um, who has gone up, has been whacked up, a, you know, the best part of £11 pounds by the handicapper, but bolted up on soft ground at Salisbury. Um, but the ability to handle the ground is key. So um, that one's towards the top of the market for obvious reasons she's she just can handle the ground and she'll stay and and you know she's she's obviously improving because she's won her last two um i thought this was really hard um serona kind of caught plenty of people's eyes um she was second to darkness last time and, and previously kind of um you know been a bit unlucky and, and shuffled back and um at goodwood so um in a much better race behind araminta but but um, yeah, she, this horse is, is Serena rattled home last time. Wants to step up in trip. William Buick book um, uh, for Charlie Johnson uh, on that one. Um, yeah, just 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 looks like like a kind of horse that will run really well. So um, seventeen to two available about Serena. I thought that was probably the call at this point. But from a kind of Quinella point of view, I'd probably throw Serona in with with La Isla. Majerus, if the rain comes, um, I think that one will run well. Um, but I probably just tread very carefully there. Um, I think it's got got kind of shock result written all over it, and it's 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 not a race I would have a heavy, strong view on. Final race on Wednesday afternoon at Glorious Goodwood is the five twenty seven furlong Whirlpool handicap. Another big field. We've got seventeen due to line up here. Actually, Darkness is in this race. That's the horse that beat. Serena last time out. David O'Mara trains. He's also got Ross Colin in there as well. Asheen Murphy rides Ross Colin, I think, for the first time for the horse watchers. So, and O'Mara had a couple of winners on Saturday. So, the stable is in good form. We've got Love de Vega, who thankfully is a son of Lope de Vega. We can't get any much closer to the name. Uh, for Charlie Johnson and Frankie de Torre, it looked like it changed stables, but that's actually not run after the, the October race last year, up until July this year. So he's uh, just taken it over from his father. So it's not left a stable or changed at all. Love De Vega was six last time out. Dark 30s in there for the Hannon team. And Martin Hughes in the, the famous Shaquille colours by now. And we've got a darkness, as I say, in there as well. Urban Sprawl, Thunderball, etc. Uh, another tough one to finish. Whirlpool will be delighted that the handicap at the end of the card's got so many runners in it. Yeah, a, a, a tough one to finish. And, and um, yeah, Roscoe looks like he'll be favourite. He's 11 to 2 at the moment. I think he'll start shorter than that, to be honest. He's always well found in the market. Um, people have just felt he's well handicapped and about to do his stuff. But that was supposed to happen at Epsom and didn't. Was supposed to happen back at Ascot in that valuable 7 fun handicap at the Royal Meeting and didn't. Was supposed to happen at York. Behind blue for you and didn't happen. And then he went and ran in a weaker race when he was a bit weak on bad ground at Beverly and he ran really well. So um 
I haven't been on the train. It's probably the time to be on the train now because he's off a mark of 87 and he ran at this meeting last year um, off a mark of 101. In 104, sorry. Um, so that's a fair old slackening of the reins uh, for Ross Colin. Um, handles the track, stable in good form, just looks rock solid to run a race. Perfect one for a, a, a kind of the, the banker stake of the Ross Colin. I think he'll run really well. Um, I think Urban Sprawl is classic uh, Johnson team horse that will just run well at this meeting. Um, He's a horse that won here back at May off a mark of 85 um, on on quick ground and then had two or three quick runs, um, ran well, was third third at Royal Ascot um, in the Britannia and then was kind of wheeled out five days later and it just came a week later, it came out far too soon and um, bombed out a new market at the July meeting. But that was back in June. <laughs> I was had a good period of time off, had a month on the sidelines to recharge. Admittedly, he reappears off a higher mark, but we know Goodwood suits. Um, we know his effect. It's just it's like a classic um, Charlie Johnson horse who, who will run well. Um, so he will be uh, in my Cronella as well. So I will probably, to be fair, I will probably play the pair of those, both of them, um, at the current prices, at the time of, of recording, 11 or 2, William Hill, Ross Colin. I think that's a fair price each way. Urban Sprawl is 8. You probably get bigger. Play him each way. And probably pop the 2 in a Quinella um, and, and hope for the, the double return. But that's the way I play the last. Thanks, Bill. That's City AM Racing Editor, Bill Esdale with his preview of Wednesday's action from Glorious Goodwood. We'll be back again tomorrow with our look towards Thursday's racing, including an exclusive interview, a one-to-one chat with French trainer Christopher Head, who tells us all about Blue Rose Sen. So make sure you listen out for Thursday's edition of the Punter Podcast on the City AM website you can also hear the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music and Stitcher. That will give you the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And don't forget, you can visit the City AM website not only for the podcast, but for all the latest news and horse racing tips. And you can follow Bill Esdale's tips on the City AM website. That's all from us for today. We'll be back with Thursday's edition. Bye for now.